Hello and welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining us for our team-by-team team analysis series, Chris. Yeah, it's, um, it's going pretty well. We're up to round three so far. Yep, so Carlton Blues, uh, everyone's favourite topic because there's a lot of fallen premiums, people coming in, a lot of relevance um, yeah, for and scoring. And they're coming up that ladder, my friend, this year. Mark my words. I'm telling everyone right now, they're going to be in the eight. Hashtag blessed. Right, we're blessing Carl. Oh, wow. I don't, know. <laughs> don't, don't that, go that far. That feels wrong. It does feel wrong. Um, <laughs> but look, I am with you. I think there will be a top eight side. I think they have a lot going for them. And um, But before we sort of move into that, uh, if you haven't listened already, you can go back and listen to our Adelaide and Brisbane uh, podcast as well and get our thoughts on that. And you can find us on our socials as well. We are SC Insider 100, and that's on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, was it Twitch, Spotify, um, SoundCloud? SoundCloud. All, all the above. Apple something. Yeah, uh, Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes. Right, there you go. Uh, Google Podcasts. You can find us on anything. Um, you can also uh, head to YouTube and see us on Supercoach. Uh, just uh, search for us, Supercoach Insider. That's our channel. Yep. Um, and yeah, we're, we're pretty much everywhere. So if you can't find us, uh, let us know. That's probably easier. Oh. Three for three, Leach. Three for three. I like it. All right. Getting into them. Yes. So what are your thoughts anyway on um, Carlton and where they're sort of heading as far as game style? Um, well, I don't think their game style is going to change too much um, this season. I think that they've just got a lot more talent around the ball, um, which is going to really propel them forward. Also, they've just been dogged by injuries to key players. For the last two or three years, they just can't get their key players on the park, especially their key forwards. And it means that they've had to play a guy like Levi Casbolt basically the entire time. Um, so it'd be nice if they could get Mitch McGovern and Harry Mackay and Charlie Kerner on the park in some description. I think Charlie Kerno is still injured and probably won't be coming back for a while. So Charlie, yeah, had more um, more knee surgery, funnily just, enough. So just annoying. So um, if they can keep the guys that are that are currently healthy, healthy, and they can incorporate the guys that they got in, the sky's the limit. Because yep. they they now have depth, and they never had they haven't had depth for years. And I'll go through their depth in a bit. But yeah, don't pick Charlie Kerno. He's looking at coming back in the middle yeah, of the year. So absolutely, unfortunately avoid- not. Um, but yeah, which is annoying because he's, he's a very, very cheap price. So you're right. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, I do think Carlton are on the up. Um, I think most people are in the same boat and they're very super coach relevant this year, which is good. Um, so let's jump into their rookies though. And I think that's um, the only downside. They've brought in more talent. They've had injuries. They've also got like Newman and other people coming back, even Fishers on the outside sometimes. Yep. So it's going to be really hard for any rookie to come in, even um, I'm yep. trying to think of who that rookie is that they actually went for. I think it's 190k in defence, but even he's not getting a gig. Um, no, um, Stocker. Uh, yep, Stocker. So um, they have a lot of talent that's actually not even playing. Hell, I mean, even Paddy Dow's not even going to be in the 22 this year. Like he's, oh. he'll be he'll be fringe no, at he's, best. Apparently, he's impressing. Whether you believe that or not, <laughs> is he impressing the seagulls watching on the sideline? Is he running laps? And then not touching the ball and not getting hit because a swift breeze will knock him over? Or Maybe he'll play football instead of uh, focusing on the stock exchange. <laughs> I see that it was a Dow reference. Yes, that was. Thank you. <laughs> I respect you. All right, um, let's get into the Carlton rookies. Um, unfortunately, there's not much relevancy in them. Um, their first pick came into the draft, obviously, at pick 37. 
Uh, they got rid of their early picks. Um, unfortunately, from get, getting Zach Williams that they got, he was a actual trade. Or yeah. was it Saad that was a trade? Uh, Saad trade. I think they got Zach for free. Yeah, one of the two. One of them was a um, restricted free agent or, or a free agent. Sorry. Yeah, anyway, they, so they traded for Saad. They got rid of their first pick. They went for um, with pick thirty-seven. They went for Corey Durden. Um, Durden is a uh, former ball magnet midfielder, but unfortunately, because of his size, has started learning, uh, leaning his craft towards being a uh, crafty small forward. Um, so he's 173, centi- uh, 173 centimeters and seventy-one kilos. So he just doesn't have the size to be able to cope. But he is an absolute ball-winning machine. Now that has worked in the past in at football clubs. You're getting a ball-winning guy into that forward line to get those ground balls. Do you know the Durden diet, Chris? I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's eat whatever you want times two. I don't get it. Well, he needs to put on size. So basically, it's like <laughs> eat whatever you want and double it. That's pretty it's much what they want. Not going to help his height, that's for sure. But um, obviously, he, he can create his own space um, from nothing and he's deceptively got a good leap. So um, there's, he's actually been heavily likened to uh, Michael Gibbons, so which they already have at, um, at Carlton. Um, but you know, size profile and the way that he plays his football is is likened to that. Um, so I don't see him obviously breaking into the side this year unless they have a, a, another run of injuries, um, particularly in the forward pocket. Um, and then you might see him come through. But um, they already have another a lot, a, a few guys that can play for or, or they've trialed in forward pocket that aren't getting games. So I think he's a fair way back. But we'll see how the how it plays out. Um, they then took Jack Carroll at pick 41, 117K midfielder. Um, he's actually a, a WA prospect. It was out of East Fremantle and he slid out of projection. So this is a guy that um, there was tipped to go between 15 and 30 and he, he actually managed to get, get him at 41. Um, apparently, actually, Carroll was doing really well at Christmas. <laughs> That's, you know what? As fate would have it, his birthday is in December. Well, there and, you go. And this is why. So this is why he slid so far back, guys. Um, so... His birthday was like just after the draft cutoff, which means he's the youngest draftee of the of the year. Um, and of course, because he was, wasn't playing last year, he basically hasn't played for two years and he's young. So he's just untapped potential and no one really knows where he falls. So I was going to say, Chris, oh, well, oh, well. <laughs> Um, so obviously they've got significant upside with the pick, but it's a very risky pick. He's 188 centimeters and 76 kilos, accurate left um, left peg, and he's a classy halfback flanker turned midfielder. So um, it'll be interesting to see his development because he could be anything. Um, and they've taken him with, you know, I think 41 is, is a good enough pick to be like, you know what, we'll take him even though he's probably a little bit underdone. Um, yep. And of course they now have the depth that they can take these guys and develop them while the other guys come through. And the reason we say these little puns and things for these rookies is more for our own benefit and for yours because next year, I doubt he's probably going to play this year, but then next year you're like, oh, yeah, that's right, that Carol guy. And you're like, I remember his name. And then you actually start oh, to think well. back. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's true though. As in they might not be relevant this year, but if you hear a little bit about them and then go, okay, next year they haven't played and all of a sudden it's like you hear Carol playing, then you actually start to pay attention. You go, hang on, I've actually heard this guy somewhere. There's there's all, every chance that like he just has a cracking preseason and then rolls into the VFL and actually goes well, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere he gets thrown in. Like it has happened before, so yep. we're out, not counting kick him out. out kick but, out Nunes, yeah, <laughs> someone who can kick. Um, all right. Uh, so the the last one. So they didn't have any more um, draft picks in the regular drafts. They went then to the rookie draft and they got a pick number eight. They got Luke Parks, hundred two k defender. 
He's a third tall type, um, so obviously would be behind someone like a Lockie, Lockie Plowman. Um, 189 centimetres and 83 kilos. Um, he was under three seconds in the 20-meter sprint, which is absolutely elite. So for his size, he's absolutely jet. However, he does uh, he really lacks agility and ground ball gets. So the, the one question mark is he can go really fast and straight line, but he just can't stop and he can't pivot and things like that. Yeah. So One from the year prior, Chris, uh, who was in my side basically from day dot, was Brody Kemp. He's a 123K midfielder. Did his ACL, so they drafted him end of the first round. He was heavily tipped to be like a high first round pick uh, in that sort of top five or six echelons apparently. And I was actually looking forward to him because he started to make some good progress. They said he was on track kind of like with Doherty. They were building his load up. And then word is today, I think he's uh, having ankle surgery because he yeah, injured today. himself. I'm like, hmm. So now uh, definitely, look for, definitely look for Brody Kemp. Uh, I think he's been training in the back line as well. Really rated pick, and uh, I think he'll actually probably get a game during the season. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, definitely a high, yep. uh, so highly upgrade. touted. So upgrade for me. Um, outside of uh, Luke Parks, his endurance is um, question questionable. So he's, he's a project player. That's why he's taken in the rookie draft. Um, so again, I wouldn't see him there unless there was a lot of injuries in that position. But that's where he plays. Um, just going through the uh, estimated best 22. Um, so this has changed quite significantly, obviously, with the new additions. And I'll go through the depth as well. Um, and we can obviously go back and forth. But from the back line, obviously, uh, Plowman, Weedering, and Newman. Uh, I've got Doherty on the halfback line with uh, Jones and Padresi Seaton. Um, across the midfield, I've got Murphy on the wing with Cripps and Saad on the other wing. I think that that's where he'll line up. Um, Jack Martin at half forward flank with Mitch McGovern and Zach Fisher. Um, Betts in the forward pocket with McKay and Casbolt. If the Casbolt can, um, if McKay can stay in the park, I do think De Koning is the one that they're going to run with. I really hope so because Pitney was awful last year, um, and just an absolute ghost on the field. So De Koning, they, they should persevere with him, and I hope they do. But it could be Pitney for round one, um, and then Walsh and Williams straight in the middle there. That's where they'll be. Off the bench, we'll have Ed Kernow, um, Setterfield, who played absolutely fantastic last season. Nunes will still get rotations. And, of course, Jack Silvani will round out the four. And on the depth chart, they've got quite a bit here. So they're obviously missing um, Paddy Dow, Matt Kennedy, uh, Caleb Marchbank, who's apparently back. I'm not sure about that. Um, you've got Charlie Kernow, of course, who's still injured. You've got Harry Cunningham, um, Pitney, as mentioned, and Gibbo as well. So there's... There's quite a few guys there that um, that I don't think that are going to be making 22, but they, they will get rotational minutes. And then you've got, there's quite a lot of rookies, actually. You've got guys like Cottrell and guys like that that um, would be loving to get some time this year. I just don't see it happening. You've got a lot of guys in that bracket. I actually had a little stink face moment there, Chris. I was like, Kennedy, hasn't he been delisted? I'm like, oh, no, he's still hanging on. <laughs> you know those moments where you're like, he hey, some, isn't that guy, wasn't that guy cut from their list? He he had some decent games. I know he did. It's just, he's just never, he, first of all, hasn't got the role and just never really built into an AFL footballer. So Yeah, I actually um, hope that um, McGovern actually takes it seriously for once and shows some kind of talent because if he doesn't, he could easily be off a list soon. Well, they've got a plane. They're paying him that much money. Yeah, but soon. He needs to take a grab and kick a goal. It's, it's not hard when you're winning. If, if he can actually just meld. He's, he's the missing link. If, if Kurnow's not there, he has to be that yeah, guy. He has that, to. Because there's no one else. Like yep. McKay and, and Casbold are too one-dimensional. And if Kurnow comes back fit and McGovern's not firing, bye-bye. Yeah. 
Um, so that's how I think they'll line up. Um, there's a little bit of conjecture over here or there. Um, but interesting. Uh, I think Fisher yeah. and Gibbons are kind of vying for that same spot almost. Yeah. Um, which will be interesting. Well, I think Zach Fisher's probably got the more top end talent, but Gibbo has just played consistent. so well. Very that, consistent. He's played fantastic. So there's every chance that, that uh, Gibbo could be in that rotation. Yeah, that makes sense. Beautiful. Interesting. All right. So you want to start off with some premiums, Chris. And this this well, team. Let's talk about the only premium we should be talking about, shall we? Patrick Cripps. <laughs> let's talk about the only other premium we should be talking about. Uh, Adam Saad. That's not a premium we should be talking about at all. This has been highly spoken about. We had pretty much most of the questions and we only put it out like slightly before we started recording. And everyone wants to know. So Damien Gunn, is Walsh a must-have? Right, so basically, uh, Will Houston also wants to know, Cripps, yes or no? Liam Francis, is Cripps worth it? Brendan Colley, Walsh over Cripps, is it madness? This is Sparta. This is Sparta. And number one, Yam fan, I think that's how you say it, uh, says, and I think three people actually like this, Chris, rank Zach Williams, Cripps, and Walsh, potential related to their price, and can you fit all three in a side? Okay, I can do that. Go. Oh, right now? Yeah, why not? Um, we can do what we like. Potential relating to this, uh, relating to their price. Starting price. So potential and can you start all three? Um, depends on your buy structure and your other premiums, to be completely honest. I think you can. Um, but if I was going to rank them, I would go Walsh 1 because Walsh is the best easily and he's the one that can actually be an Uber premium, whereas the others are just going to float around. Um, I would go Zach Williams 2 and, and Patrick Cripps 3. And the only reason I say that is because the Patrick Cripps that I saw two years ago is not the Patrick Cripps that I had last time I saw him. If I'm getting that guy, then he's number one. And once again, Chris, you are wrong. Uh, Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Cripps for me, number one. Nope. Um, Walsh no had a small glimpse of victory when Cripps was pretty much... Are you ready for a victory? He was the walking wounded. Are you ready for victory? So Cripps will be a top 10 mid. Walsh will not be a top 10 mid this year. Oh, is that going to be our first bet of the year? It sounds like it. Drum roll, please. Walsh will not average 110 plus. He will not be a top 10. No, no, Sam Walsh versus Patrick Cripps. Let's go. The average? Yep, on average. Let's go. Chris. Don't fuck with me. (laughs) The the public want to know, mate. All right. Who's going to average more right now? Let's go. Cripps. All right, Sam Walsh. Let's go. What's uh, what? Settle the odds later. Settle yeah, the bet later. Later. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, you. I'm looking forward to that bottle Walsh, of scotch. Walsh flourish. Aye, aye, aye. Walsh is talented. I just don't think this is the year. And they talk about going. Walsh is going more inside, and yes, he did well in the back half of the year. But also, Cripps did horrible in the back half of this year. He well, back half of 2020. Cripps has now bulked back up again. Right. He's strong. He's contested. And Walsh is not going to average 110 plus, which means that for me, Cripps is going to be maybe not top 10, but he's going to average 115, 110 at least. He's maybe. a bargain basement. He's actually better priced. And then I have Williams number two because Williams is, again, also better priced and is likely to be a top 10 defender. So it's for me, Cripps, then Williams, then Walsh. See, my only thing about Cripps, and there's about four only things about Cripps, is that I do understand that you know there's an article came out that's basically swung your judgment away from realism. No. Um. Since since Carlton actually started getting good and changed coaches, he has not been the same player. They still need him. They but still need the Crips. That I, we I'm know not saying they love, don't need him. That we know but, and love. 
but look at all the similar types they have. So Patrick Cripps, Kip, bleh, Patrick Cripps is that big in and under midfielder. They've got Setterfield playing that role now. They've got, got Kurnow that's going to go into that role. Kurnow is not even going to be playing midfield. I guarantee you he will. No. Under this coach, that's all he's done. Setterfield will be playing more of that. You no. will have, if anything, you'll have I, Walsh I, and a few others playing. Setterfield will guarantee, is guaranteed to be that first off the bank yeah. um, interchange rotation, and he will literally come on for Cripps. Maybe you'll have like Murphy and Kurnow kind of taking scraps, but I don't see it. Sam Walsh is going to be the number one midfielder at the Carlton Football Club. Guaranteed. No. Oh, now that I've said that, you're, you're actually a little no. bit worried in the face no, there. I'm I can not, see it. I'm not worried at all, Chris. And if you're listening to this, you can hear it in his voice. He's scared. Uh, okay, so let's go back to the public poll, Chris. I am how many <laughs> bets from how many? I think I'm three from three. No, no, no. I won last year, bro. Which one? I don't know. One of them. None. No, I won like multiple. None. I'm sure I did. None. None, none, none. No, last like, last like year, last year I went. Was it Petraka? No, 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 no. No, I went for a Sydney player. I went Mills, and you went who? Oh, Dawson. Yeah, that's right. You parlayed the bet. Thanks very I much. I parlayed man. it because it was COVID. It's not fair. And I wouldn't have. I'm, I'm a savage. Anyway. <laughs> I don't take shit for no one. No. Right. I, anyway, so Sam Walsh is a jet, and everyone should have Sam Walsh, and he's a lock for. Uh, 100, 115 oh, plus. Sam this, Walsh this is in my 2022 plans, but he's not top 10 this year. No. Now, comment or so, you know, comment or like or say something, whether you're Team Chris or Team Ben. Team Chris, let's and the, go. the problem is, is that, again, you're using your recent bias, right? Because Walsh of, had the, a of, really good back end of the year. So you're of using 18 that. months of Patrick Cripps history. But, yep, keep going. 18 months. Anyway. Since, since uh, who's the David T? Is it David T? Since David T took over, he has not been the same player. And it's obviously about a whole bunch of things that are not necessarily to do with Cripps either. It's his role's changed. He's no longer having to shoulder the entire load of the Carlton midfield like he used to. Even more reason to dominate. That's, that's, that doesn't happen. That's not a thing. That's literally not a thing. Okay, so Chris is basically a little bit biased here because he had five times 110 scores in his first year, right? 23% of his games. Eight times 110 in the second year, 47% of the games. So Chris is now believing that he's going to go up again and in 70% of his games, he's going to go 110 plus. I believe that he's going to average at least 115. Okay, so should we meet in the middle, 112.5? No. I'm saying you won't make 110. I, You're saying you'll make 115. I'm saying that he's going to out-average Patrick Cripps. That's not going to be hard because Cripps is only going to average 105. And who's crawling back into the Collingwood Burrows? What am I doing? Won't even meet me on the line. I, I don't need a line. I've got a line. It's called Patrick Cripps. There's a line anyway. right there. It's right across his bicep. Okay, so I can understand as far as... It's where I stand on him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, meanwhile, do you reckon that Sam will be as successful as um, his father, Courtney? Um, what? <laughs> you don't know cricketers, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> was, that a, was that a cricket reference? You're definitely talking to the wrong person. Yeah, Courtney Walsh. Um, okay, so basically they said Sam Walsh has gone to another level. His intent is just absolutely first class, and he, and that's the same with everything that he does. Transitioning into a new role, possibly, and I say possibly, part of the Carlton's midfield. He played the final six mid uh, games in the midfield there as well. So, look, he has been very talented. I mean... He averaged 114 in the last 11 rounds, which is not the 115 that Chris claims. But he did average 112 in the last five, which is why everyone's getting excited. And when we read these last sort of games to you, you can understand why. 115, 140, 55, 114, 123, 98, 113, 132, 161, oh, 84, and sorry, 119. I just, 
I just had a little bit of an accident. One sixty one. Was that was that one six one? Oh, it's delicious, isn't oh. it? <laughs> it? Was delicious. Oh, the wrong oh one. this makes Percy very excited. It really does. <laughs> Chris is a little bit excited. Uh, okay, so we'll move on now. Let's do the cross side. So Patrick Cripps, yes, twenty thousand dollars cheaper. He How is. funny for a guy who was actually top four midfielder. That's a bit weird, right? Well, the problem's going to be if you're going to have Cripps and you've got Neil, because don't they all have the same buy? They have the second buy? Yeah, but that's yeah, fine because so there's a lot of uh, last you, buys people. So so can you run them both? You can, but you just got to look at who else you're running in that midfield. For me, I don't think you can go Walsh and Cripps. I think you have to choose a side. You have to divide. You have to go Neil, possibly, and one of those. Like, uh, Even though I like Walsh, but I'm banking on Cripps filling the void. Is and Neil a lock for to, you? So Neil's a guaranteed lock, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. So so then you're saying, okay, well, I've now got at least three midfielders with that same buy. Yep. And it's a middle buy, which is hard to navigate um, just because of the placement in the in the weeks. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, yep. I don't say I don't think you can't. I think you can run up to four if you plan the buy structure correctly. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a hard one. And um, midfielders, there's a few in that last round. There's not as many. But okay, so let's go on the cross side. Cripps is twenty thousand dollars cheaper. He got injured in round six on fifty six uh, super coach, and in round eighteen on twenty six. So his true average is one hundred one point nine three. Should have so gone total points. There's value there. <laughs> right, there's value there. Okay, so he, but here's the funny thing: he only had one score of 140 plus in 2020. Compare this to 2018, 2019. He actually had nine scores of 150 plus. Is that in a year where literally every midfielder known to man had their highest score ever, except Patrick Cripps? Yeah, correct. Which oh, okay. means that there's value there. It could, it, 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 yeah, that could be one thing, or it could just be the coaching. It could be completely different roles. It could be a whole bunch no, of different things. Watching him, you knew he wasn't right. Oh and, yeah. Um, Look, I'm willing to ride that train again. So here's the thing, though. In 20, so let's not forget how quality he is, right? In 2019, he's going to cripple your season. That's what he's going to do. In 2019, how he's cheap. It's going to be a crippling blow. Oh, (laughs) was that a Crips? Both both of those were. That was two puns back to back. Okay, 2019, he had five scores of 148 plus, including a 157, 169, 194. He's played 59 out of 61 games the last four seasons. He had postseason shoulder surgery. Right, but we'll be ready to go in the coming weeks, which was early January. So he hasn't even started training yet, and you've got Sam Walsh over here literally tearing up nah. the track, and you're still saying he's going to out-average Sam Walsh. Mute. You're on crazy pills. What's that, Chris? Crazy pills. Yeah, he's muted. Um, crazy pills. <laughs> you probably hear him in the background. Okay, so basically he's done 95% of the training now, so he's in great shape, they said. Uh, he's in fantastic off-season. He's worked hard to get his body strength back up. They tried to make him a little bit lighter last year and um, to get his running up. However, they went away from trying. So now they've gone back to making him strong. So they want to get back to his strengths, which is his clearance work, and to build that size up. So that's why he went away something different. It didn't really work. So they've gone back to what works, which is why you need to go back to Crips. Can I just say one thing? Didn't you, like on the last podcast, say, do not pick anyone who's had an underdone preseason? He's not done. He's done ninety. He hasn't even started. It's it's late January. Ninety-five preseason starts in two weeks, bro. <laughs> He's done basically done ninety-five percent of the training. Uh, has he? He's in great shape. It sounds like he's in real great shape. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, other premiums, Chris. People want to know about other. So Zach premiums. Williams is obviously the biggest, big other one. Um, so yes. um, look, there was a great stat that came out from Fantasy Freako that there was seven games in total where uh, Zach Williams was identified as primarily a midfielder. And in that time, he averaged 101. So 
look, that's a good it's it's not an amazing sample size, I mean being in that midfield. The one thing I will say about Zach Williams playing midfield is that he's he somehow forgets how to kick. All of a sudden he starts hacking and slashing instead of taking his time and we know how effective as a kick he can be if he really wants to be. Um, I do think he will still have rotations off half back at times and potentially on a wing, but they've every indication on in the preseason has been no, he's playing on ball, he's training with the midfield group. That's who that's what he's going to be doing. And I don't think he would have gone there if they didn't say that that that's your role. We want you playing midfield. Not only that, they have a lot of depth in that back line. Like even if Sard's there, Setterfield could come back. Oh, they've got so much. They've got depth. so much, yep. and then they're talking about training Kemp up in the back line as well. So one thing you know when you look at how Stocker it's, as well, yeah, how yep. it structures up, they're not playing him in defence because they have other people there. Newman, there's so many others. Doherty that are all filling this line for you know rebounding defenders or, or etc. or running defenders. They don't need Zach Williams there. And they kind of need that little bit of explosiveness in that midfield. And the funny thing is, is that they've tried it previously. They've had Sam Petrovsky sitting, failed. Paddy Dow's paid in there. They've, they've Dale, had a lot of guys with Fisher pace. Yep. has also gone in there, failed. So what do they do? Uh-uh, you're not in there. We need someone that can actually do it and actually have an impact. So they actually went and recruited instead of playing the shit mm-hmm. that they were trying to polish. And look, I think everyone's seen his absolute top end. Um, he can also have an, yeah, an well, average I game. I haven't seen his bottom end, Chris. Um, absolutely. Um, but the, the thing with him, it's 450K, so he's super, super value. The other thing I'll say is that, unfortunately, the, the one knock is his body. Now, whether it's he gets an injury and he's out for a few games, he's never. I don't think he's ever played a full season. Um, the most he plays is 20 in a season. So 20, 20, 20, I think the last four years. And then last year, obviously the big injury. Um, so that's the concern is it, can he get his body right? He's going into a more physically demanding role. Um, so that is, there the is a concern. Yeah. Now that risk comes with that price tag. So you get a discount of potentially a hundred thousand dollars because that's probably what you would pay for a full, like last year it was 550 K. Yep. We know that from bad experiences. <laughs> um, so you are you are getting a discounted risk price. So yes, is worth it. Is he a lock? I don't necessarily think he's a lock because I think you can probably get away this year with three big premiums in defense. So if you've got four, I'm going with Zach Williams at our, at um, D4. Oh, for four? Yeah, yeah, you have to. I, don't I think, think, I think, I don't, I don't he's think there's a way. Fourth. Unless you're going three heavy and then going seeing Miller, but again, Miller is. Just don't think it's worth it. Was about 148 less than. So it's it's, yeah. it's just not worth it. You may you, you're better off taking the pun on Williams, a guy that can be a, he can literally be a top six defender okay, for 450k. But, but you wouldn't? Would you take Williams over Laird, Ryan, Whitfield, or Lloyd? Only the only way that I would do that is if by that doing it, that 100k would free you up. You or 200K? Get, yeah, 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 absolutely. You, you can you can actually get a better overall team somewhere else. Like you've got a yep. problem in your team elsewhere, and by plugging Zach Williams into that spot, it allows you to get more cash around your field. Yep. So I think it does take playing around with. If you look at what you can do with that money, and if it fixes or strengthens another line, then you might just have to do it. If you get to the team, and go, hey, I'm actually really happy with this. By the way, I've got extra money. Oh, actually, what I'll do is I'll actually upgrade Zach Williams and get a premium. Yep. So one of the uh, others that we spoke about. So Hence Lloyd, my uh, number one, Walsh, number two, Williams, number three, Cripps. No, nah, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, another day we'll, we'll work that one oh, out. I do, then, I we? do like, I do like Walsh. I just think it's one year off. That's just my personal opinion. But oh, I enough. would, I would not be surprised. It's the same as Real. If Real came out and averaged you one fifteen this year, you can't get. Well, yeah, it's Real. You kind of expect that. Same as Walsh. I just think it's one year away. But I could be wrong, and yeah, you know, it could be rampy all over again. I can't. Are you? So you're not starting him? No, I'm not starting Walsh. All Real. Oh, I'm gonna. Every time he turns, I'm just going to let you know about it, just so you know. Sure, that's fine. Which is going to be most weeks. Sure, that's fine. 70% apparently. Sure. <laughs> I love it. All right, we're going to have a good year this year. Um, obviously, Adam Saad, 526K. Tell me what you think about Adam Saad, my friend. Uh, good choice, leaving Essendon. Uh, Pat's on the back there. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't want you to know, well, to know about what the trade here's is. Here's the funny thing. I think he actually got inside word that they were keeping the same game plan and he's like, well... <laughs> Hey, you won't let me attack. You want me to play lockdown defender with these jet legs that I'm running around and Can, so like who let whoever said that? Who let them talk in front of a microphone? <laughs> uh, We're gonna go in with the same shit we did last year, boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Listen, so good. We'll just trust natural development to get us there. <laughs> if at first you don't succeed, put merit back in the leadership group <laughs> and keep doing the same thing. <laughs> It's, a, it's fine. Oh. Heppel's getting younger. It's fine. <laughs> I think at this point, How Essendon did... supporters themselves are oh. just like, oh. <laughs> they're just so frustrated. The funny thing is, Carlton I feel so bad for them. Carlton supporters don't like Essendon, so it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. All good. It's anyway, fine. um, obviously, so one of the reasons Saad yes. obviously went to Carlton is because Essendon turned around and said, we want you to play lockdown. And Saad said, yeah, that's not happening. So um, he went to Carlton, and I'm assuming that that means that he's definitely not going to be playing um, lockdown, and it'll be either a half blank, half back flank loose roll, or a wing. Um, and I'm not sure how that's going to be utilised. The, the unfortunate thing is we really don't know if how much their game plan is going to centre around side. One thing we do know is that when he was at Essendon, if he was open, that was get the ball to him because he's going to run and carry the football to the forward line. Yeah, that um, actually makes me a little concerned with Doherty. Yeah, definitely, um, 100% it does. Because yep. Doherty, and I still think he's kind of underpriced. However, do you know I mean, if Doherty's getting the ball there, it's like, okay, he might use it and he might run out. Or if Saad is playing in defense with him, he's probably just going to be offloading. I'm really worried about Doherty. I'm worried because he's the captain. And do you think that they talked to him about getting Saad? Then what do you think he said? If he said, oh, I don't want to play lockdown. Of course Doherty's going to be like, I want talent in our football club. I'll play lockdown. I don't care. I'm here to win. Yeah. That, that, I, I don't know. I think I think Doherty could even be back pocket and could rack up. Uh, definitely well, could. But With Newman back there now too? Yeah, it's a funny one. It's and, a hard one. And with Weedering having this ridiculous resurgence as an intercepting defender? You know, did you, did you know that Weedering and Jones are the top two intercepting defenders last year and they were the top two for one-on-one um, victories? And did you know that Carlton were not top two on no, the scoreboard? And they were not even a good defense. How does that even happen? Yeah. With with that good one on one defenders, no anyway. idea. Um, but yeah, Saad, good reputation, ten hundreds, uh, two scores under eighty nine, so really consistent, great for draft. Um, you can't really go wrong. My only problem is, is that ninety seven point nine average is, I think, even high, like a bit high. He averaged eighty one point seven the year before, and for me, I think with that, the rebound and the meters gained and the shortened format and and all the rest of it, it's like I don't know if I'd be picking Saad over a ninety average. No, I. I, I, don't, don't, I don't know. Either. I just think it's like he, he kind of max, maxed out, cashed out, and they want to use him for that role. But I just don't know if I see a 98 plus again. I don't know. Yeah, and it's like how many points are there to go around as well? Like yeah. we, we've got 
you know, at least one gun in that midfield with Sam Walsh. I do rate him, but in, in a draft <laughs> league, it's like when you get to these Walsh. <laughs> I'm wondering why he's laughing. Um, okay, so with, with Sud, though, in draft, these are the kind of guys I'm actually just looking to pass on. And the reason is, is that I, I can pick up someone averaging around the same amount that has a little bit more security in my mind. We just don't have we'll the information, right? Like yeah. we just don't have enough information so, to make a – and even if we like the, the preseason games aren't going to be enough information. And if you're not sure, what do you do? You just you pass on them, you get someone that you're a bit more stable with and let someone else take that risk. Absolutely. And time and time again, I see people grab someone and then they average ten points less the next year and going, Oh, but I picked them because they averaged this amount. It's like, no, you gotta back your feel. Uh, yep. You gotta back your feel or you back gotta your feel, feel. Back? Um speaking of feeling back, Edward Kearney, I think he's uh, not, I think he's gonna be on the outer a little bit, Chris. He's getting old. Yeah, well, his rotational minutes will go because he obviously got a lot of midfield minutes in the back end of last year. And uh, with Williams coming in, I think that he's the one that pops out. That's what I think. Um, and then you've got even, I think, the same about Setterfield. So I think that Setterfield, even though he was coming up, um, he's probably going to hover, maybe improve slightly, but he's not going to have a breakout season. Like he was having some really, really good games yeah. in the back end of that Yeah, year. see, I think Setterfield will probably replace Kurnow's kind of minutes mostly. Yeah, I, well, I, I do think, think he's the one that suffers. Kernow, I think Williams yeah. coming in. I think it's Setterfield's proven himself. And why would you not try and back in some of this youth instead of you know Kernow's a team player. He can play forward line. He can lock down someone. Absolutely, lock Use down him a defender. Strength. Lock, lock down, lock, lock down, down, down a, a mid Go or nuts. lock down at lock down a um a, a running halfback. Yep. Do one of those two things. In you'll be a, a guaranteed twenty-two player if you do that. And it really helps the team. I, 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 that's what he should be doing. He's, he's not a guy that needs to rack the pill anymore. Correct. Just focus on your role. Even though I'd hate it, I would like to see him take out you know, Laird and these other guys. You know, as in a forward line, he takes the defender and he could easily do that, he do can, his role. Does it well. Um, yeah, so Doherty we've spoken about, which is interesting. Um, let me just go through the stats on Doherty. So he was tagged. Doherty was actually tagged in round five and round eight. He had some attention for an 89 and 66. Injured round 17, so the last game on 13 Supercoach points, which means his actual average is 97.6. Had a great start to the year. Yeah, which is, well, he's basically five points unders. Really good start to the year. Averaged 121 for the first five rounds and then essentially averaged 85, uh, 75.8 for the remainder of the season, excluding that last round, of course. So averaged uh, 109 the last three rounds, minus that game he got injured. Four scores of 120 plus, including a 185. So again, that was just more the shortened format. He had a lot of ball, racked up a lot of junk time, and had huge scaling. Yeah, he just wasn't getting the pill. Yep. And part of that was roll, and I think that that's what we'll see more of this season. So, um, and the concerning fact is he had end of season a minor ankle surgery. He's returned to light duties earlier than anticipated. Uh, 13th of January, they were saying that he was expecting a full train uh, return to training in the coming weeks. So he's probably looking around, you know, early Feb, back into full training, which is concerning. So he'll play game. round one, but he's he's going to be underdone. Yep. So you can put a big line through him, and I'd rather literally save that 50k and go straight to Zach Williams. But can you run them both? Nope. Nah. No. Nah, you can't do that. Nope. Absolutely not. Cr- well, it's, it's cross like, the line it's like putting that. money on red and putting money on black and watching it come up zero. That's not how it works. <laughs> Why would you put money on red and black? Well, that's what I'm saying. You, you kind of have to choose what you feel. So you, the, the analogy is just terrible. No, it's <laughs> no not. one would ever put money on red and black. <laughs> exactly. So why would you put Doherty and Williams on your oh, side? Oh, okay. Something you, that would never happen. You choose one. Do you prefer- why didn't you just say Patrick Cripps averaging more than Sam Walsh? <laughs> 
I mean, look, I'm here for the comedy and I'm here all week, all right? Oh, and the worst part is, is that I've had three beers and this still isn't any better. <laughs> You're sober as a lamb. Come on. It's good gear. No, it's not. Um, can you run Adam Saad and uh, Zach Williams? No. You choose one defender you think is going to be a maximum beneficial for the price and you take that ride. All right. So based on this, would you say big lines through Adam Saad and Sam Doherty straight up? Absolutely. Based on the price and the role of others around them and based on the preseason and I think of people being overpriced or underprepared, I think, yeah, you've got to rule them out for standard anyway. Draft though. Obviously. obviously A lot more value. Yeah. Draft Draft value for sure. But they're probably going to go – these are the guys they are going to go to other people because they're going to rate them higher than, than, than we should really. I would take Doherty. I think he's had a year in the system. I think he could rack up a lot of cheap Yeah, but where would you take him? Yeah, you're going to take him at a 95 average. You wouldn't want Doherty as your D1. Let's put it that way. Sometimes you're forced into it. (laughs) (laughs) Not like that, but maybe like that. This makes Percy very excited. It really does. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. Um, Speaking of Will Setterfield, the reason he is highly hyped is because he's a 481K midfielder only. He averaged 99 the last 12 rounds including an 87, 102, 98, 115, 50, 102, he 82. He was a draft special then, last yeah, year. 141, 97, 88, 107, and 111. A draft special. And you picked him up on the, like, on the bench easily. Mm-hmm. I had him in some of my leagues. Apparently, he's also a standout during the pre-Christmas training period. He's been particularly impressive. So uh, I don't see him really slowing down. He did have a slow burn to begin with, but uh, like a soy candle, they always get you in the back. I was not expecting that. Yeah, me either. This is taking a turn. Right. So uh, any mid-prices that you're interested in, Chris, or is that just mainly the um, Zach Williams train? Oh, look, there are some uh, mid-prices that I'm interested in. I think Sam Pajewski-Seaton has a little another level to go. I've been a fan for years. Um, unfortunately, he goes in these runs where he just absolutely towers up and then it drops off a cliff. The thing um, about SPS is it's really just one band above home brand. What? SBC, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's not the same thing. Close enough. Um. <laughs> okay, so the fact that I even what knew where you were going. Boy, oh boy, wow, wee. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Um, look, he's got, he's got the level. But, I mean, look, here's the thing. How many people are going up and how many people are coming down? There's only so much points, right? Yeah, everyone's so going up. I like Sam Projector Seaton. I like the potential of Jack Martin. Um, I like, uh, who else do I like? Um, oh, Nick Newman, obviously is a huge smoky. Some yep. people will overlook uh, him completely. Draft wise. I think yeah. he's highly underrated. Um, he could also get some kick-ins, etc. as well. I think Newman is extremely underrated. So when you look at 2019, Newman had six scores of 117 or above with good ceiling, 134, 147, 161. So that was 2019 with four scores below 80. So he has really good uh, security there, a really good kick ratio. Basically, he kicks 76% of the time, which is awesome for Supercoach. And the recent... 76% of the time? It, it works, works every time. Every time. And when we look at how he's been traveling, so they're saying Newey's knee is going really well. It takes a long time to get the strength back in that leg, but after you've had such a significant injury, like that's what they expect. And he's still got a bit of work to do, but he won't be far off round one if he doesn't get up for round one. So, so not, someone you can take late because he's not probably, a standard. Yeah. Definitely value in draft, and he is someone who again averaged ninety six point seven the year before. Um, don't forget they do have Sard coming back into that back line. So mm-hmm. you know, I still think Newman is good value. 
Fair enough. And that yep. could, that I mean, that round one spot, if he's not there, I mean, that opens up a lot of possibilities because you could have Saad pushing back to the halfback flank initially, Petrovsky Seaton back to the pocket, and then you've got someone who can play on the wing and you've got a whole bunch of midfielders you can throw in there. Maybe Gibbo gets a, gets a round one berth there. Yep. And speaking so. of some draft relevance, as we round up, uh, Jack Martin uh, is a forward as well, average 83.1. He actually got injured on uh, round 11 and round 16 on 18 and 36, which really stumped his growth. His true average is actually 91.7, so highly underrated. What is he, about eight points undervalued? He actually averaged 94.7 the first nine rounds and averaged 99.7 the first six rounds. He had 500s, including a good ceiling, 116, 121, 127, 144. If Carlton do improve and start winning games as well, I think Martin is definitely a consistent person you could pick up in draft above the 83 average. Oh, absolutely. And here's the thing. He just Value. goes complete. Like, he's an absolute star. But now with everyone that they've got in that midfield, et cetera, he'll get, a, he'll get some rotations through that midfield as well. But he was actually dominating when he was forward. But if you're, trying, if you're looking forward and everyone's sort of splitting and getting their, you know, their, their running patterns going, are you going to kick to McGovern? Are you going to kick to McKay? Or are you going to kick to Jack Martin in the pocket or forward flank? I have no... Oh, McKay's, the, McKay's the best mark there. But yeah, he's yeah just, but Martin within 40 metres, oh, I'd be lacing him out for sure. He's talent. Um, the other one I also want to notice, so Jack Nunes, forward midfielder, a little bit of value, 74.8, not huge, but in a large draft, I think Nunes could be one that does suffer. He did average 87 in the last six rounds. Uh, however, he was so poor, 67 in the first 11 rounds. So I wouldn't be surprised if Nunes is actually on the way out. I think his rotation scrap, his yeah. best 25. Well, here's the thing with Nunes, though. He's kind of like... You know, when, when, he, when that, he got the kick to win the goal after the game, that mm-hmm. wasn't his kick, right? So he's kind of like that guy that does, he's in your group for a group assignment, <laughs> does nothing at all, and then hands it in and gets an A. Sounds- he literally, he just swooped in like Lockie Hunter, grabbing free chips and goes, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's my ball, and then kicks a goal. Doesn't get the free <laughs> kick, actually gets the kick and slots a goal. So thanks very much. I'll take an A. Boy, oh, boy, wow. Boy, oh, boy, wow. Tell you what. Um, Jesus. So SPS you've spoken on. Zach Fisher is an interesting one. Um, Fisher, man, he, he's, he's talented. He's had different roles. And Fisher always gets me hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> or in his case, hook, line, and stinker. Um, That's true. Injured and round 15, round 17 on a 42 and a 37, true average of 84.6. So there is some value there if he gets the right role. Apparently, he's actually added some kilos to his frame, which is interesting. So he's looking to grow his game as a small forward. He put three kilos on. So he's that doesn't give me... A little me- bit more weight on the sinker there, mate. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what to be catching with that, but uh, look, he's apparently he's now. three kilos heavier, training real, with real purpose. But the thing I don't like is that he's actually trying to grow his gra- his game as a small forward, which doesn't mean super coach friendly. No, no, it doesn't. Uh, Mark Murphy's also the other one, um, but I I just actually feel that he's completely on the way out now. Um, I think he'll play a lot more outside with Sam Walsh playing inside. Um, he'll get midfield minutes, and obviously with uh, injuries, he'll get some time in there. But uh, I think his his time on the inside is done. Yep, he averaged 81 after the round five. So I, I do agree. I think um, Murphy's kind of, yeah, on the way out. Excellent. Interesting. Well, that- uh, I think that pretty much Marchbank is another one to watch as he comes back in if his body's right. However, 
Yeah, there's not. Uh, no, they're, they're definitely draft relevant. Uh, I think that's pretty much covered everyone who is relevant. That is, yeah. That yep. pretty much covers us for Carlton. And I feel like I've said this before, but thank you for being patient with this guy over here, Chris. And I um, think that this is a very entertaining podcast, actually. You think everything is entertaining. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to hold it together with sellotape, so... <laughs> Dude, that stuff's sometimes really hard to get through. I'm trying to hold it together like <laughs> the Adelaide Adelaide forward line. Um, anyway, that is the uh, Carlton Blues, and I hope we've answered your questions there. And, look, we look forward to seeing you next time, and we get to shit on Collingwood next. So Excellent. stay tuned. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. 